The St Albans Film Guide with Simon Carver, hosted by Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide. Simon Carver is poised at the other end of our virtual studio. Hello, Simon. Hiya. Look, I'm saying poised, but you also look very relaxed. You're incredibly reclined this this week. Yeah, this is my comfy working position, yeah. (laughs) Is that a bed you're, you're almost lying on? Some people call it that, yeah. Okay, uh, it's a reclining workspace. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what we do with the, the film guide, for those of you who don't know, we uh, um, we, we look at Simon's Choice of Films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. Uh, I put some uh, suggestions together as well, uh, because sometimes Simon's aren't quite up to it. Um, but we start things off with looking at the two main streaming services and their new releases, at, uh, so Netflix and Amazon Prime. And uh, where are we starting this week, Simon? Amazon Prime, um, releasing on the 5th of February, which is uh, Friday, well, it's a Friday, Friday the 5th of February. And the first one is called Greenland. It's a disaster thriller. Uh, I think disaster in the sense of it's the, the plot surrounds a disaster rather than it being a disaster. Although that may be true as well, because it does start Gerard Butler. Um, who has been in a few disaster movies himself before. Um, I think that um, this one is uh, benefiting from having Morena Baccarin involved as well. Um, it's about a comet racing towards the Earth. Um, Hasn't that been done before? I think it might have been, yes. Um, and he's got an estranged wife. Uh, Gerard Butler who is played by Marina Baccarin and, and the uh, so the three of them because there's a young son as well they make a perilous journey to their only hope for sanctuary uh, amid terrifying news accounts of cities around the world being levelled by the comet's fragments the Garretys that's the uh, family name experience the best and the worst in humanity while they battle the increasing panic and lawlessness surrounding them as the countdown to global apocalypse approaches zero their incredible trek culminates in a desperate and last minute flight to a possible safe haven yeah so um i was thinking of comet movies there was um i think it was was it called meteor with sean connery in the 70s yeah maybe and then and then we had more recently we had armageddon and deep impact which were both Mm. about although one was how it missed and the other was how it hit i guess was the difference between those two movies but but yeah, so it seems like this sounds like Deep it's... Deep Impact is, I think that's one of, it's one of my sort of favourite of those sorts of films. Um, yeah. It's it's far less like slushy than Armageddon, which was a very similar premise and, and was out at the same time. Armageddon's um, the one where they, they they go up in space. No, hang on. Yeah. Uh, which, yes. I think you're right. Which, yes. Deep Impact is the Tia Leone one, isn't it? That's it, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they they send somebody up in a rocket and they try to... They, they get blown up, don't they? They get blown up. They have to aim the rocket into the meteor. Which to, one? I think both of them had that yeah, sort yeah. of... But Armageddon was about a, a group of... Was it dr- drillers or diggers? Right, or, OK, yeah. Like no, Bruce Willis, <clears throat> they all went up to yeah. destroy this meteor and yeah. then... Um, yeah, the, the Deep Impact, I think, had an element where they sent a rocket up. And yeah, which managed to disperse it so it didn't destroy the Earth. It just sort of made a bit of a mess of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then somebody went blind because they looked at the sun in Deep Impact. Anyway, this isn't Deep Impact. This is Greenland. 
Um, I have no idea what why Greenland is the title. Maybe that's because that's where their safe haven is. Could be. Um, but yeah, it, as you say, that, uh, Gerard Butler and uh, Marina Baccarin, uh, who more recently was in Gotham on TV, um, mm. and uh, she was in Homeland as well, and she's done a lot of other stuff. Over yeah, the v was the first thing I noticed her in. Okay. Um, also, Deadpool. I think she was in the at least the first, if not the first and second Deadpool movies, playing his girlfriend. Okay. Um, and also, I just noticed that it's got Scott Glenn in the cast, who I always think is dead. It, I, I never ceased to be amazed by seeing him in movies recently, thinking, didn't he die? But but obviously not, because he's still going. Mm. I don't know where I get it in my head that he died some years ago, but he didn't, because he's still alive. Still acting. Still making movies. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's um, that's the first of the new releases on Amazon Prime, and it's called Greenland. Um, the next one is Bliss. Yes. Uh, I don't know a huge amount about this. It stars Selma Hayek and uh, Owen Wilson. And it is described as being a mind-bending love story. It follows Greg, who, after recently having been divorced and then fired from his job, meets the mysterious Isabel, who is a woman living on the streets. Now, this is where it gets a bit weird, because she is convinced that the polluted, broken world around them is actually a computer simulation. So it's a sort of science fiction-y, fantasy sort of thing. Sounds quite interesting. It does. It, uh, I mean, it's it's certainly original. It's it's. I think it's always a plus when when you describe a movie and it doesn't instantly sound like three other films. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 Salma Hayek is is <laughs> talented actress that's often worth um, worth your time watching on a, on a screen. Mm. There's not really an awful lot more to say than that. But yeah, this, so this comes out on the 5th of February as well. Yeah. And it says here, so it's a, a, a drama, a romance and sci-fi, says on my screen. Um, so those are those are your two releases on Amazon Prime. And then one on Netflix we're going to talk about. Yeah, an Italian language film subtitled called The Last Paradiso. I mean, it looks wonderful. Uh, I've seen a, a trailer for it. It's set in the 1950s in Italy, and it is about a passionate free spirit who dreams of love, justice, and a better life until a forbidden affair threatens everything. Apparently it's based on real events, which is a bit, it's a bit odd because it's not, it's not a sort of, um, a, a, a sort of a, a very dramatic story as far as I can see. But basically, you've got this youngish man, and then you've got a mayor and the mayor's daughter, and those are the three sort of main people involved. It stars Ricardo Scarmaccio, Gaia Bamani, Amaral, and Valentina Cervi. But it okay. looks looks great. I mean, it looks it looks like you know you want to go on Italy for your holidays afterwards. It just looks looks lovely. Okay, um, yeah, that's the last Paradiso. Uh, I'm guessing not in any way connected to Cinema Paradiso. I don't think so. No, I thought it was the remake of another film because it's it's um, L'Ultimo Paradiso is the Italian title, and there is another film called that, but it's not. I thought this was a remake of it, but that's not. No, that was, and also because that was made in 1956 or something. The other film. But which I thought, well, perhaps that was it was of its time when it when that film came out. But no, I don't think there's anything to do with that film. So, 
Okay. Um, so that's those are your two new releases. Oh, th- those are your three new releases, I should say. Uh, that one on Netflix, they're the last Paradiso, uh, and the other two being uh, Greenland and Bliss. And all of those come out on the 5th of February. And uh, we'll have more uh, from Simon and the Film Guide in a moment. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Part two now of the St Albans Film Guide and this is where we look at uh, Simon and I's choice of films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week and we start off with Friday the 29th of January. Uh, Simon has chosen the film Joe, 9pm on Sony Movies. Yeah, uh, in rural in a rural Texas town where everyone knows everybody all too well, a teenager finds his loyalties torn between his abusive alcoholic father Wade uh, played by Gary Poulter and Hard But Fair Joe played by Nicolas Cage who offers the boy both employment and guidance even though Joe is hardly the most solid citizen himself. This evocative loose-limbed film marks a very welcome return to form for Cage who keeps his mannerisms in check <laughs> while uh, still vividly evoking a man driven by cruel demons and guided by angels. The rest of the cast are just as good from fast rising young star uh, Ty Sheridan, who plays the boy, to the indelible Poulter, a homeless man, director Green, and the casting agents discovered on the streets of Austin, who died shortly after the film was made. Before he went on to make junk food like Pineapple Express and Your Highness, Green built his early career but on coaxing astonishing performances from non-professionals, and he outdoes himself here with this raw sucker punch of a movie. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, that's. Um, I was just looking up um, Gary Poulter, and yeah, he was a background extra in the in an episode of the TV series Thirty Something, and then right. made Joe, and that was that was it. And then he died, I think, shortly after the film was released. Uh, he, yeah, he died in 2013, which was the year the film came out. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I've never come across this film before. It sounds quite. No, I hadn't either. I, 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 you know, this is one of those I've not seen it, but. It, it looked good so okay yeah. and you know Nicolas Cage does have the ability to be rather good he just doesn't oh, yeah. often use that muscle yeah I mean I'm still uh, I still think one of the best performances that I've seen uh, is in um, uh, the film whose name I can't now remember where he plays basically Bruce Wayne he plays Bat- Ad- Adam West. Oh, uh, Batman. Badass. Badass, yeah. That's no, Kick-Ass, yeah. wasn't it? Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm. He played Big Daddy, didn't he? He did. Very different portrayal than, than many of us would yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's uh, the film Joe, 9pm on Sony Movies on Friday the 29th of January. Um, and I've just realised that my list is 
Oh, here we go. Right. Yeah, my my uh, film choice for Friday the 29th of January, 11.10pm on Film 4. I've gone for Sin City, A Dane to Kill For. This is the, um, the second, I guess, the follow-up to the original Sin City. Uh, and um, once again this is um, a compilation of stories uh, a combination of four stories of crime and betrayal set in a dangerous city an honourable thug dishes out some vigilante justice a private eye falls for the machinations of a female of a femme fatale a gambler gets in over his head and a stripper plots revenge uh, based on a comic book series uh, and this time starring Eva Green, Mickey Walk, Jessica Alba, Josh Brolin and Bruce Willis, who plays a ghost. And that's not a spoiler to say that in this film. Um, minor spoiler to the last one where he died at the end. But yeah, he's in this as a ghost of himself um, who um, allows his daughter who became a stripper. Um, he, he still speaks to her and guides her or something. Yes, you do. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it's... it's um, uh, yeah, a very uh, visually stunning film. It has this this um, uh, look that that is very difficult to describe, but it looks like a comic book. And most of the set, I'm, I think, it's probably pretty much all shot on green screen. So, you've, so really, the only thing that's real in what you see is the actors, and everything else around them is all computer generated. But it makes for a very interesting look, and um, and it's uh, you know a, a great effort by Robert Rodriguez uh, to. Uh, try to make it look like the graphic novel, which which he certainly had achieved. Mm-hmm. And and I believe there's one bit in this movie, actually it might have been in the last one, that Quentin Tarantino was involved with. I think uh, it might have been the first one where he was credited as a guest director. He he filmed one segment of the movie. Um, yeah, in fact, more, the more I look, I'm not seeing his name on this one at all. It must have been the last one. But yeah, it, it's it's a good a good worthy follow up. Um, this will only appeal to fans of sort of dark comic books but if you do like that sort of thing this is very well done indeed uh, and that's a sin city a dame to kill for 11 10 p.m on film four i can i can already see that you're setting your recorder for that one aren't you no <laughs> no it's not my sort of thing yeah okay saturday the 30th of january then let's get into something that might be your sort of thing horror channel 9 p.m your next movie's black death it is indeed um it uh, is described as being a superior interpretation of medieval history and superstition in a thought-provoking horror. It's set in 1348. Um, Sean Bean plays a knight, and he leads a mercenary band of torturers sent by the church to investigate rumours that necromancy is holding the plague at bay in a remote rural community. Their guide is a conflicted monk, played by Eddie Redmayne, giving a hugely affecting performance, it says here, who's put to the ultimate test by a playful sorceress, Carice Van Houten. Not a I name I know. Game of, I think she's in Game of Thrones. Is she? Right. Uh, yes, in fact, she is. And she plays this kind of sorceress in that as well. Okay. She seems to have the power to raise the dead. Smith's film, uh, Christopher Smith's film, is a frightening journey into the social fabric of evil, religious persecution, pathological cruelty and supernatural possibility, with analogies deftly drawn to contemporary issues and the tone kept purposely insidious. The intensity builds to a transfixing finale that invites comparison to 1968 cult classic and one of my favourites of the genre, Witchfinder General. Okay. Do you know Witchfinder General? No, I don't think I do. Is that a good film then? I'm I'm adding this to my list then. Um, Okay. Uh, Okay, uh, with Vincent Price and Ian Ogilvy, it says on my screen. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Yes, it's, it's good. With, uh, um, Vincent Price is very sort of camp in it, and he, it, but he's very. He he's, was. He he had a tendency to do. Very that. mean in this, which find a general. Little known fact here that will be of interest to almost no one, but Ian Ogilvy and Vincent Price both played the Saint. Vincent Price played him in the 40s on the radio, and then Ian Ogilvy went on to play him on TV in the 70s. But uh, but yeah, I knew that would be fascinating. Yes. Uh, That's a bit weird, because the the Saint is sort of solidly British. The books weren't. No, um, um, Leslie Charteris uh, started writing them while he was in Britain, and then he went over to Hollywood in the 30s um, to make his name as a, a you know, screenwriter. And then he moved the saint over to there and then was very vague as to his background. They never really explained the saint's background, and he became more international as the books went on. Right. So, um, and But also the way that Vincent Price played him, he's, he didn't sound overtly American. He, he, he sounded very sort of posh. You know, sort of, I don't know, like old, almost like Bostonian or something, you know, that kind of um, sort of very posh American. And, and also, he, he was somewhat camp in the way he played him as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, um, yeah, he played, he played the Saint. There were a couple of other actors who played in, in that time. And one of them was um, a, a British actor who was, who was famous in Hollywood at the time. Uh, George Sanders played him on, in the films at that time. And it was George Sanders' brother, Tom Conway, played him on the radio as well. So he was British. But yeah. Yes. Yes. George Sanders had one of those sort of transatlantic voices, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, but anyway, so <laughs> that was which find a general, which is not the film that's on, um, but I've added it to my list of ones to watch out for. Uh, but Black Death is the one that you're recommending. Um, can you tell me though what when it says it's talking about rumours of necromancy? What is necromancy? Is that witchcraft? It, it's I think it's raising the dead. Okay, right. Okay, I was just curious as to. Um, what, what, so it's a sort of magical heard. raising of the dead. I think. I could yeah, be wrong. Okay. <laughs> well, if, if anyone were to know Simon, it must be you, surely. Um, mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's the film Black Death. And, and yeah, you mentioned there the director as well, Christopher Smith, who of course directed the excellent film Triangle, which. which uh, oh, he did. Did Agree. That's well, a wonderful I'll, film. I'll take it back then. Maybe this isn't worth watching. <laughs> well, that's just mean. Anyway, um, Black Death, 9pm on the Horror Channel on Saturday the 30th of January. Uh, I have gone for um, a... Well, basically, it's a TV movie that's on Channel 5... No, actually, it's on 5 USA on Saturday the 30th of January at 9.30am. This is something that you might have seen in the listings quite frequently, this name. But <coughs> the film is uh, Jesse Stone, Stone Cold. There's a whole series of Jesse Stone movies that are often on Channel 5 in the afternoons, uh, and they all star Tom Selleck, and they're based on a series of novels, and they're really rather good. Um, I watched them all some years ago. I'd read some of the books by the author, um, and, and and they're really good. They're very slow. They're, they're really, like, deliciously slow and brooding, and they're, they're set in a small town in New England, and, and the setting looks beautiful. It really... There's something about it very atmospheric, and, and and Tom Selleck is very good in the in the central role, and and um, this one is the first one. I think they're showing a load of them over the weekend, um, but this one um, is the first um, 
movie adaptation. It's called Stone Cold, and it's about a sleepy backwater town's hard-drinking chief of police, Tom Selleck, is roused from his dull routine when he finds himself having to solve two cases at once, a spate of seemingly random murders and the rape of a teenage girl whose parents may have something to hide. Detective drama based on the novel by Robert B. Parker, starring Tom Selleck and Mimi Rogers. It's a, it's a great character, and they've done about I think they've done nine movies uh, based on this this character Jesse Stone, all with Tom Selleck, um, and uh, they they really I, I really enjoy them. They're they're they're, they're not fast paced. There's no action in them. They're all very like plodding, but they're, they're deliciously so. You know, you don't watch it thinking, "Oh, for goodness' sake, hurry up and do something." You just, you just enjoy soaking up the ambience of of, of what they've created. It's really good, and there's some great cameo um, and and great supporting actors in this as well. That um, William Devane pops up in it as his um, his alcohol sponsor. Is that what they call it when they're in AA and they have like the person that is helping them to not drink? I don't think they call an alcohol sponsor. That'd be somebody like who sponsors alcohol. Um, no, but isn't it their sponsor? If they're, they're called a sponsor, AA, yeah. Sponsor, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and, and, and he plays his sponsor. And, and he's, a, he's a retired cop himself. And, uh, and, and it's, um, yeah, it, it, you know, there's some great, great uh, performances in this. And, and the central one being Tom Selleck, who, who, who you know, really carries the whole thing. In, in the books he's based on, the character's an awful lot younger, but they've managed to age, age him appropriately and, and, and make it work still. But that's um, Jesse Stone, Stone Cold, the, the first of a, of a series of TV movies featuring this uh, Jesse Stone character uh, with Tom Selleck. That's Saturday, the 30th of January, 9.30 a.m. on 5 USA. So we move to Sunday, the 31st of January, and Simon has chosen 4.50 p.m. on the horror channel Sharknado. Indeed. If you've never seen this, you've, you've missed a treat. It is, um, I mean, it's, it's awful. Let, uh, no, no, you know, no mistake about it. It is awful, but it, it's awful in one of those sort of so bad it's good ways. Um, the 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 premise is that there's this tornado that sweeps up sharks out of the ocean uh, onto the streets of LA, um, and it, it, it's just ridiculous. It, it, all the tropes that you get in these sort of films, you know, sort of girls in bikinis screaming um people getting eaten by sharks and all sorts of weird stuff there's one bit where i think it's in this one i mean there have been several versions of this not versions sequels um that i think it's in this one where sharks sort of swim upstairs in a house um and you see sharks sort of swimming down the street and everything of course you, they're not sharks at all well they might be sharks but they're it's all cgi'd and stuff it's just completely balmy and another favourite scene is where this bloke's standing on the back of a flatback, flatbed truck with a chainsaw and sharks are sort of raining down on him and he's attacking them with his chainsaw as they're coming down on his head well worth but a watch I was going to say is it fair to say though, that nobody is taking this seriously and yeah nobody it, nobody would take it seriously everyone's revelling in the B-moviness of the movie yeah, yeah. Tara Reid stars. If oh yeah. Can use that word. Um, in it. Prominently appears. Sorry. Um, that would perhaps prominently appears. Would that be a, a better? Possibly. Yeah. She. Um, I forgot what else she's been in, but she was she, in the American Pie movie. She was the 
one of the main sort of hot young females in that back okay. in the day. I suspect yeah. now she she's a slightly less hot middle-aged um, actress, but yeah. But, and the guy in it, Ian Zerling, he was in Beverly Hills 90210 back in the 90s as well. He was a hot young thing back then. Yeah. Well, that says it all, doesn't it? So, I mean, it's just it's just a bit of a laugh, quite frankly. But I, th- I think you ought to watch it just so that you can say, yes, I've seen Sharknado. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll do that. Is it this one or is it one of the sequels that David Hasselhoff's in? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's in this one. I think it would okay. have said, said in my notes, but, you know. No, no, you you, you might be right. I, I believe he was in one of them, um, but uh, I, will, I will try and find that out because obviously people will want to know now. Um, but, but yeah, Sharknado is on 4.50pm on the Horror Channel. Is it, um, what, what sort of age is it suitable for? Because I had the feeling that this was like a sort of a 15. Yeah, it's on early in the afternoon. Well, it's on early no, in the day, isn't it? It's... Is it tame or, or would it scare younger kids? Well, I think it might scare young people, but it's um, it is it is pretty silly for for adults. But it, you know, it might it might scare young yeah, sort of small children. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't put small. I mean, teenagers, I'm sure, would think it was hilarious. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, he, apparently he was in Sharknado 3, Oh Hell No, and Sharknado 4, The Fourth Awakens. He was in both of those. I think the last one has is, is got the best title. It, it's not. It's it's the sixth one. It, it's not called Sharknado 6. It's called The Last Sharknado. It's about time. Which, you know, what I think is probably what a lot of people would say about it. Yeah. Although, is it the last one? Do you think they'll leave it at that? I don't know. I don't know. There have been some other spin-off films. Um, Lava Lantula, which I'm guessing is something to do with volcanoes and tarantulas. Okay. Um, wasn't There's there... There's even a, been a sequel to that as well, yeah. Oh, no. W- wasn't there a Lake Placid crossover with... Was it Sharknado or was that with something else? Because they've done a whole load of Lake Placid movies, haven't they? I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's this. No, okay. I can't see any reference to it. Um, my, my genre is confused. Um, Lava, they, uh, Lava Lantula stars the, many of the cast from Police Academy. Oh, right. Well, that'll make Talking it of crossover films. Yeah. Um, there's Lake Placid versus Anaconda uh, was one. Okay. Um, and I think those are two genres or two, two franchises mm. that were crossed over. Um but uh, anyway, that's um, yeah your choice. So Sharknado, the, the original, and apparently the best. Um, and uh, that one is on 4:50 uh, p.m. on the Horror Channel. Tara Reid is 45, by the way. Oh, so she's quite young then, really. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. 4.50pm on the Horror Channel on Sunday the 31st of January. Uh, on 2.30pm uh, on Sunday the 31st of January on ITV, we've got the film Kindergarten Cop. A tough detective is forced to pose as a preschool teacher in a bid to capture a drug dealer whose son is one of the pupils. However, his biggest challenge ch- turns out to be controlling a class full of five-year-olds. A comedy starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and a few other people. Um, and this... I mean, it, it's it's not terribly original, but it is, it is very entertaining. And and to see 
Arnie play against type somewhat um, and to be the butt of the jokes. And and this was his, this is probably what, his second big comedy after he did Twins. And it's the same director again. It's Ivan Reitman, who also did Ghostbusters. Uh, and um, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it was when I, I remember seeing it when it came out and Arnie was sort of known for the, the, the really corny one-liners as he gruesomely dispatched a bad guy on screen. But suddenly he was, you know, thrust into the, 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 the you know, a, a comedy and playing a character who, who is some big, bad, tough cop, but having to pretend to be a, a primary school teacher and, and letting all these five-year-olds get the better of him. But uh, I think one of my, my favourite scenes from this movie and I've possibly mentioned this when I've recommended the film before but there's a scene where he goes into some kind of bar or nightclub to to round up a load of bad guys and he says to one of them pick a window you're leaving and then throws him out of the window um, in, in true Arnie style because yeah. you know there were only six of them you know so they didn't stand a chance but anyway uh, Kindergarten Cop um, you're, you're a fan of Arnie's aren't you particularly his yeah. work yeah I like him yeah, I think he's um, he's a he's a, a clever and funny guy. I think he's done very well for himself. That he's made a career out of people thinking he's dumb, yeah. and you know he he he's he's anything but it would seem, and and has um, you know shown people that he has a lot of a lot of um, depth on occasions. Um, but uh, anyway, that's Kindergarten Cop, uh, 30, Sunday, thirty first of January, two thirty pm on ITV. We move to Monday the 1st of February, 6.40pm on Sony Movies Classic. And this is a classic, make no mistake about that. This is Double Indemnity. Yes, directed by Billy Wilder from a story by James N. Kane, who wrote The Postman Always Rings Twice, which is another on those sort of um, uh, sort of noir classic stories. Um, the screenplay was co-written with uh, Raymond Chandler as well, so it's got... It ticks an awful lot of boxes. It stars uh, Barbara Stanick and uh, Fred McMurray, who went on to do some some much lighter films later, uh, I believe. Um, Yeah, so Barbara Stanick is this sort of femme fatale. She seduces Fred McMurray, who's an insurance salesman, into doing away with her husband to claim his life assurance. But dogged claims investigator Edward G. Robinson smells a rat. Um, Wilder keeps the sexual tension tight and displays a mastery of visualisation on key plot points. Some may find Stanick less sexy than her character should be. That's a bit a bit rude, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But that's, that's a minor quibble when the dialogue is as good as this. I loved you and I hated him, but I didn't do anything about it till you came along. Yes. So she was nominated for a Best Ox- uh, best Actress Oscar, but she lost out to Ingrid Bergman for Gaslight. Oh, okay. Which has given us the term uh, gaslighting, of course. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, but Double, Double Indemnity, I mean, it's such a, a, a classic film. Um, and, and the tension, the and given as well how many restrictions that, that filmmakers had on them at the time that they had to be very careful about about anything that could be perceived to be in any way sexual and and yeah they had to be really careful with violence and there was so you know today filmmakers can pretty much do as they please but but back then there were so many restrictions so to be able to produce such a cracking thriller and something that oozes that sort of sexuality and 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 drama and tension 
um, you know, it, it, it really does uh, demonstrate the, the, the talent that, that filmmakers had back then. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think this is one of the, the, the finest of, um, of its, of its time. Um, but, uh, it was, um, I recently heard um, a radio play where Patrick Stewart played Raymond Chandler and it was I thought it was about the me- the, the writing of this which goes Raymond Chandler worked with Billy Wilder on writing the um, the play writing the screenplay for this but it actually wasn't he he went on to do um, uh, Strangers on a Train uh, Raymond Chandler uh, wrote the screenplay for that with Alfred Hitchcock and there's a there's this radio drama that was on Radio 4 recently um, showing about the the, the the friction between the two of them in, in, in producing what went on to be a, a classic uh, and yeah Patrick Stewart played um, Raymond Chandler Anyway, uh, Double Indemnity, 6.40pm on Sony Movies Classic on Monday the 1st of February. Uh, my choice for Monday night, 9pm on ITV4, is uh, the 1987 um, movie Robocop. Uh, not too long ago, I think we recommended the more recent remake, but, but this is the original one, and it's directed by one of your favourite directors, isn't it, Simon? Uh, I forgot who it's... Oh, is it... Uh, oh, it's Paul Van Herven, isn't it? <laughs> I've never got oh. the name. Yeah, I should have remembered that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul Verhoeven, as uh, as Simon puts it. Paul Verhoeven, yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah, this is um, so on the face of it, this is some sort of superhero movie of sorts, you know, about a, a bloke who's sort of you know a cop who's left for dead, but they rebuild him into RoboCop. But but really, it's not that at all. This is kind of a satire, a very dark satire, and it has a lot to say about the media. And um, it, it's it, you know there, there's a lot more beneath the surface of this movie on, on the on the face of it it's about a bloke who turns into a robot and cleans up the police but but there's a lot more going on in this and it's quite the I think it's quite the sci-fi masterpiece really um, they went on and made a few sequels and TV series and, and then they've remade it as well uh, but this is this is the the best one this is the original and it stars uh, Peter Weller Nancy Allen uh, Ronnie Cox who himself was a film director at the time and also um, Miguel Ferrer and uh, yeah it's on Monday the 1st of February 9pm am I right thinking you've picked this on occasions oh yeah like I'm sure I would have done yeah yeah yes good film okay yeah that's um, yeah Robocop quite gory quite gory so if you've not seen it before do do be prepared for that there's a a lot of gory violence in this but I think yeah. that's part of the point that he's trying to make because that he doesn't depict the media very well in this. You see, a lot of um, a lot of the story is told through watching, through us as the audience watching TVs in the background showing news stories, and the, the, the gruesome crime that they and, and and the gruesome violence that they show on the news in their world is quite quite shocking. And I think it's trying to say that 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 certainly the television news in America at the time was not far away from what they were depicting in this movie. But that's yeah, uh, it, yeah, Robo. It, it's yeah, it's a, quite an interesting film um, about sort of law and order and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, well worth yeah. watching. Yeah, um, yeah. So Robocop, uh, Monday the first of February, nine pm on ITV four. Tuesday the second of February. Now see Simon's next choice on Film Four, six forty five pm. The Imitation Game. Yes, it's the story of. Alan Turing, the genius cryptographer who cracked the infamous 
Enigma Code during the Second World War. Uh, Turing's played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, and his boss is played by Charles Dance. And his girlfriend is played by Kira Knightley. Uh, it, it, uh, it does sort of touch on his homosexuality, but not hugely. I have to say, I was a bit surprised that it focused quite a bit on the relationship with Kira Knightley in the film, but that possibly because I didn't know too much about his story. But yes, it's a a, a good film. It came out rough, roughly the same time as the the theory, theory of everything. everything, the Stephen Hawking. Yeah, yeah. Vibe. they were both out in the same year and, yeah. and there are similarities between they, the they two aren't they are and you know about sort of brilliant British men um, I mean Turing's life ended very early when he is thought to have committed suicide but it's not I think there is some sort of element of question mark about that I'm not sure really but uh, it uh, yeah, it was a sad end, and he's he's now fated as being one of our one of the twentieth century's uh, best brains. So um, yeah, it's a good film, good film, very pretty straightforward. You know, doesn't really um, doesn't really ch- ch- challenge hugely, but it's, it's a good story, well told. Okay, um, and yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, was one of the. Uh, many Oscar nominations uh, in this movie, or he, he he received one of many Oscar nominations in for, for playing this. So he was up for Best Actor for um, Alan Turing, uh, but uh, I believe he lost out to Eddie Redmayne. I, I assume yes, that it was the same uh, awards year as well, and so they were they were both up for the Best Actor, but um, Eddie Redmayne won out for uh, his portrayal of, of Stephen Hawking. But but yeah, it's. Um, it, I mean, we've said this before, but it does seem strange, doesn't it? How it, so often it would seem that the film industry will kind of fire out movies that are very similar at the same time. Mm. Yeah. I mean, th- th- this one would perhaps fall into that category more if the, if both films were about either Stephen Hawking or about Alan Turing. But but it is nonetheless that one feels reminiscent of the other. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I th- they they do have. Yeah, I don't know. Whether it's just because they're sort of um, popular, you know, both have the same sort of, uh, you know, about sort of brilliant brains of the uh, of the of the year uh, of the of the deck of the century. So, you know, don't know. Yeah, both British similarity between them. That's for sure. And you know, and, and, and both, um, yeah, British biopics, um, both historical pieces set in slightly different times, but 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 you know, there, there are a lot of those sorts of similarities between them. But anyway, the, the imitation game is uh, Simon's pick for Tuesday, six forty-five p.m. on Film Four. Uh, <laughs> my choice doesn't it doesn't really measure up in any way at all but nonetheless if you want something different at 9 p.m on film four on tuesday the 2nd of february we've got the film red retired cia agent survives an assassination attempt and realizes something in his past has made him a target he sets out to reunite the members of his old hit squad to find out who is trying to kill them and why but in the process uncovers dangerous secrets action thriller with bruce willis uh, second appearance from him this week Morgan Freeman, 
uh, John Malkovich and Helen Mirren. And it describes this as an action thriller, but I, I kind of remember this being funny. Um, and and uh, certainly I remembered like scenes of Helen Mirren with submachine guns sort of running around like, like, like some kind of action heroine. It was all quite amusing, I thought. I don't know if it was meant to be. Yeah, I mean, it, I, th- I think there's, there's a certain sort of over-the-topness about it, isn't there, that makes it a little bit funny. Yeah, it does say, I've just looked it up on IMDb and it describes it as an action comedy crime film, so that, that makes more sense now. Um, and, and RED was an acronym because, was it re- Retired and Extremely Dangerous, I think was the... Well, that's got to, be, got to make it a bit of uh, comic element just in the title isn't it really yeah and um and yeah there was there's something quite appealing about seeing morgan freeman and and john malkovich and and you know doing all this sort of action hero stuff it was quite comical and and there was a sequel i've not seen it but there was red 2 a couple of years later which uh, reunited a, a, the same sort of uh, crew again i think but um but yeah it was it, in a way, it reminded me of. Uh, do you remember the film Space Cowboys from a yeah. few years ago? Yeah, you know where, where you know, like there, there is humour in sometimes getting old people back together who used to be young and heroic, trying to get them to do one last mission to get them back, and, and then watching them cope with what they used to be and and but being old, and you know, there, there is humour in that, but also a little bit of sadness sometimes. Uh, but but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're only going to watch one film that night, I'd watch Simon's Choice. Red isn't that good, but it's it's all right. It depends uh, what you want, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you might want a bit of sort of escapism rather than, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you want to watch ageing action heroes, watch an Expendables movie. But if you want to watch, like, quite good actors being ageing action heroes for a little while, then then Red might just tick your, tick your boxes. But anyway, that's uh, Tuesday, the, Tuesday the 2nd of February, 9pm on Film 4. We then move to Wednesday the 3rd of February, 9pm on BBC2, and Simon has chosen Breathe. Hmm. Um, yes, this fo- follows on from The Imitation Game in that it's a sort of a British film about... Uh, it's, it, again, it's, it's a true story, or based on a true story. It's about this chap called Robin Cavendish, who's played by Andrew Garfield. He's in his uh, 20s, and uh, I think he's a... doesn't mention it here, but I've got a feeling he's involved with tea plantations somewhere. He's quite a sort of well-to-do sort of chap, but he uh, he contracts um, uh, a disease, a polio, that's it. Which, at the time, of course, when before people had, uh, you know, the, the, the vaccine that... She, I don't know, do you still get it on a lump of sugar? Polio? I don't, I don't know you do anymore. You used to get polio vaccines, you, used to have, you got, get, got given it as a kid on a lump of sugar. Don't think that happens anymore. You probably have a jab. I vaguely remember that, or, or, or remember talk of that when I was a kid, but, but whether yeah. that's still a thing or it was not, a, I don't know. It was a nasty, nasty disease, and... Uh, I had an aunt that, that suffered from it and, you know, it affected her walking for the rest of her life. Uh, and if you if you had it really bad, um, it affected your breathing. And this guy, in the late 1950s, his breathing was affected and he was hospitalised and he, had, he was put in an iron lung. Um, 
his wife, played by Claire Foy, refuses to let him languish, and soon they're finding inventive solutions for his care that prove crucial in improving the lives of fellow polio victims. It's an inspirational story brought to the screen by the real-life couple's producer son, Jonathan Cavendish. Um, but the key to the film's impact is a very British whimsicality in the face of seemingly insuperable odds. Um, Andrew Garford is serenely amusing while barely moving a muscle, while Claire Foy is simply outstanding as his determined spouse, an English rose with petals of steel. And it's directed by Andy Serkis, um, oh, okay. who is normally not not behind the camera. He's normally in front of the camera, although you don't often see him because he does a lot of the motion capture stuff in, yeah. for instance, the um, Planet of the Apes films and he's Gollum as well and uh, Lord mm. of the Rings, etc., etc. Um, but yeah, it's good. You know, a, a straightforward story, well told once again. Yeah. Um, it says here a piece of interesting trivia that it says in, in this film, uh, Tom Hollander plays twins. And um, Andrew Garfield uh, was in the social network where Arnie Hammer played twins. It's, it's not the best bit of trivia in the world, is it? But but no. I guess it's interesting when you get one person who plays, yeah, or who play two parts like mm. that. Um, and also uh, Hugh Bonneville, uh, I see, is in the cast as well. So uh, it's got, you know, you're talking about the very British and whimsical. I guess you, you, those are the sorts of people you go for if yeah. you want that. Yeah, sort of the slightly... Uh, this is what people moan about, isn't it, with British actors, you know, the Eddie Redmaynes of this world, you know, unless you've been to Eton or, or Oxbridge, it's very hard to get an acting job um, at the moment. Whereas, of course, in the 60s, you had to pretend that you were common, otherwise you didn't get an acting job, but now it seems to be the opposite. But It's gone the other way. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, you're saying about Andy Serkis and, and how uh, rarely we see his face in movies because he does an awful lot of motion capture stuff. He is, though, appearing uh, next year in the new Batman movie playing Alfred. So I, I guess oh. that we'll, we'll get to see him then. Um, he's in the movie, which is, which is just called The Batman. But uh, mm. they're filming it at the moment, aren't they? Over at Leavesden, I believe. Because there was something in the news not that long ago about how they had to shut down production because a member of the cast had contracted coronavirus, but they wouldn't say who. And then it, on the very same pages of some of these newspapers, it was saying about, um, what's he called, Robert Pattinson mm. uh, contracting COVID, who's playing Batman in that movie. Ah. So you don't have to be a genius to put together which no. one it was. No, you can probably work that out, can't you? Yeah. I mean, it took me a while, but I did do it. Mm. Um, so uh, anyway, that's... Um, uh, th- yeah, th- that's the film uh, that Simon's chosen for Wednesday uh, that's Breathe 9pm on BBC2 Wednesday the 3rd of February I've gone for uh, what I think is undeniably a five star classic movie 10pm on Wednesday the 3rd of February uh, from 1987 it's The Untouchables I cannot imagine you would possibly disagree with me on this. No, no, not least because it's one of your one of your favourite actors no, it's very good it's um, yeah, it's got some great scenes in it you've got um sean connery playing an irishman with a a scottish accent yeah you've got kevin connor won an an oscar for it no less didn't he um it was uh, connery Connery, yeah connery won an oscar for that part really yeah although it's one of those ones where i read somewhere that it was a bit like there was an oscar that john wayne won for a part that wasn't really a very good part at all but it was almost given to him because there were so many other parts where he probably should have got an Oscar or been nominated and mm. didn't. So 
um, that was how that worked out. And, and some were saying it was a similar thing for Connery, that it maybe wasn't necessarily the best part he'd ever played, but it was partly a recognition of his career. Um, uh, but yeah, you, Kevin Costner, Robert De Niro, Andy Garcia, Sean Connery, you know, great cast. Everything about the film, I think, was just there was no missteps. So, you know, even down to like the cinematography, the the, the beauty of of 1930s Chicago, the the costumes, the, the the everything about it, it seemed was was just wonderful. And and that that scene at the end, you know, the, in the in the train station, yeah, and you know, which I believe was an homage to was it Battleship Potemkin? Yeah, it's an homage to the, with the pram being pushed down the steps. Yeah. And, and, you know, wonderful, wonderful movie. And, and really showed as well Kevin Costner that he, you know, he had sort of this great leading man potential there and, and being able to to hold his own alongside the likes of De Niro and Connery and, and, and to do it so well. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, f- if you're interested in if you don't really know, it's, it's all about the true story of Elliot Ness and how he um, helped to bring down Al Capone, the, um, the, the notorious um, Chicago gangster. Um, and yeah, that's it really. And, and, and Elliot Ness forms his own little squad, the Untouchables, and they go and they, is it? They, they, they go and rough up the gangsters and, mm. and eventually find a way to bring down Capone. But that's uh, Wednesday, the third of February, ten PM on ICV Four. And it's Simon's uh, final choice of the week, another film that I think is an undeniable classic, seven PM on Sony Movies Classic. It's The Swimmer. Yeah, this is in exactly the same slot as the film last week on Thursday The Graduate and it's set in very much the same same time this was came out in 68 which is the year after The Graduate based on a short story and it's a it's a strange little story Burt Lancaster plays this suburban man who is you know just fed up and decides that he's going to swim home from work and so he he goes in all the swimming pools in his neighbourhood uh, en route to his home and just goes through gardens it was turned into a an advert back in the 80s or 90s yeah sure. late 80s or early yeah, 90s a Levi's yeah. advert where somebody uh, did the same thing uh, with the backing music of Mad About the Boy uh, which is I mean that was a <laughs> I'm tempted to say that the length of that advert was probably enough, really. To have this as a two-hour film is probably over-egging it. But it, it is very stylish, and if you like that sort of 60s look, then uh, it's yeah, it, it ticks a lot of boxes. Okay. That's, uh, that's The Swimmer, 7pm on Sony Movies Classic uh, on Thursday the 4th of February. Uh, my final choice for Thursday the 4th of February, 9pm on BBC4. Um, I saw this film when it came out uh, and I had to watch a trailer earlier to remind myself of it because whilst I remembered that I'd seen it, I couldn't really remember anything about it. But the film is Quartet. And it's, uh, it's about three former opera singers who prepare for their annual concert to mark Verdi's birthday and raise funds for their retirement home. However, this year, a famous diva has joined the group and her history with the others threatens the performance. Comedy drama directed by Dustin Hoffman and starring Maggie Smith, Billy Connolly, Tom Courtney, Pauline Collins and Michael Gambon. And, and it is 
it's delightful it it it, it has some some wonderful performances maggie smith being allowed to to really you know be maggie smith and be be deliciously um sort of cutting and sharp and irreverent in places and 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 some wonderful supporting performances in there from michael gambon in particular and billy Connolly is is very good um you know you, you sometimes forget that he's he's not predominantly known for his acting um but but you know every now and then he he is able to pretend that he's pretty good at it um and and yeah it's uh directed by dustin hoffman as well who he's not known for being a director i don't know if that was if he's done many other movies must be a way of looking that up but um yeah a charming funny film sheridan smith's in there as well um this would have been i guess a fairly early part for her she wouldn't have been amazingly well known back then um but uh yeah it it is good i mean it's a they they, the quartet is for the there's a famous quartet in rigoletto and that's the quartet that's been referred to and rather disappointingly they never actually have that at the end um, it, it finishes just before that point which I've now got a horrible feelings of spoiler but I don't think it really is um. <laughs> um, no it's the only uh, film so far um, by Dustin Hoffman where he's a director there was there's another f- film listed but it says he's an uncredited director on that one but but Quartet is his, his sole directorial credit alright um, uh, curious to know why he might have decided that that was the one movie he wanted to make but uh, but anyway, um, yeah, a charming film. Interesting as well. Such, such a British movie to have such a quintessentially British feel to it, and yet to be made by an American. Um, it seems seems slightly. Uh, um, it, it was an interesting choice. Uh, mm. The thing to say, but uh, but that's uh, Quartet on BBC Four. Possibly the first time I've picked a movie that's been on that channel. Um, and that's nine pm Thursday, the fourth of February, and that concludes the. Cinema's film guide for another week. So, Simon, uh, which of those would be your um, film of the week? It's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, I, I'm tempted to say Sharknado, but I can't really bring myself to do that. I think because I think a lot of people won't have seen it. I think Breathe. For me, I feel it's a, it's a simple choice for me this week because because there's only one of mine that stands head and shoulders above the others, and it's The Untouchables. So I'm going to go with that one. Um, those are our choices uh, Simon you're back on Sunday with the Dagenham Street Baptist Church um, virtual service uh, any spoilers you want to give us ahead of Sunday um, I'm going to be looking at the relationship between power and authority that's, that's I can't really tell you any more than that partly because that's about as far as I've got at the moment but um, yeah power and authority by the authority vested in me that's what you say mm. in a wedding service what does that actually mean? Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, you yeah. weren't looking for an answer, were you? you no, were I was, that was a rhetorical there. question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll answer anyway. on Sunday. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, okay, so but if you want to hear uh, that service on Sunday morning, um, you can find it where you found this podcast. Uh, you can also find details on how to subscribe to all of our podcasts uh, and to listen to them if you want to listen online rather than as a podcast. You can do all that through our website, stalbanspodcast.com. And uh, Simon, thanks very much. And we'll catch you doing this around at the same time next week. <laughs>